got a lift to Johannesburg and I moved, you know. Initially I couldn't stay with my sister and I knew that beforehand, she had a one bedroom flat. So I stayed with a teacher in Brixton in a, like a little room behind his garage. Uh, leaking roof and things like this, yeah. water running through the roof while it rained. I was as happy as you can be. Didn't bother me at all. I, 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 I rolled up my mattress when it rained hard, stood in the corner so my mattress didn't get wet. Yeah. And I was not unhappy. Welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Hidden Heroes. This show is all about bringing to you people who have discovered the hero within and have unleashed it out to the world. It is our absolute desire to inspire each and every one of you to take action to live a life worthy of a hero. Today we have a very special guest. I've known our guest now for almost three years now and you cannot deny his energy, his passion, his drive and his zest for this thing called life. He has a beautiful story to tell as well. He grew up in Namibia very very poor he made his way into boarding school had a very tough time there absolutely hated it and then made his way into the police force he loved it so much but he knew that that would not be sustaining for the future due to the power of association he, he found himself an insurance company and he hasn't looked back ever since he is one of the directors of a massive multi-million rand company called jvc insurance JVC Insurance has been in the process now for 21 years, serving the people and have won many accolades, one of them being the Sunsum Diamond Broke of the Year. With that being said, please help me welcome the German himself, Volker Krunewald. Volker, thank you so much for joining us You're here welcome. today. Great, so let's get into it. Um, you're quite confident, you're quite um, passionate. Is this, were you always like this, particularly at a young age? How were you when you were a child? Yeah, I was, I was confident, you know, I, I don't regard myself as, as intellectual, but um, I've always managed to walk into a room and, and just talk to people, you know, so yeah. I would say I'm an extrovert, so I think uh, I was probably born that way. Huh? Yeah, fantastic. And let's speak about a bit of your upbringing. How was your upbringing growing up? Yeah, my initial years were good. Um, I was born in, in Ludwitz in, in, in um, Namibia. It's like a little German fishing town. Um, most wonderful, wonderful first couple of years until I was about nine years old. I um, the school closed down. It's a German school, yeah, um, due to lack of uh, pupils. And then um, I had to go to Vintuk to boarding school, uh, which is about a thousand kilometers away. Um, and um, yeah, it was horrific. I mean, like it was, um, you know, being away from home at such a young age in itself is difficult but then the treatment we got from the teachers were um, actually quite cruel yeah, you know, like yeah. It's, it's, I'm a very compliant person I'm a um, I abide by rules you know yeah. I'm, I'm not a rebel at all you know if, if if you tell me to write with a green pen I'll write with a green pen you know that's just who I am you know yeah. I don't I don't like to go against against the stream and we were given hidings for the most random things you know it's like um, you had too much pocket money in your in your in your cupboard. I'm not yeah. joking. Uh, you you were only allowed to have a certain amount of pocket money in your cupboard, and it was a very small amount. And if they found you had more than that, you you actually got a serious hiding. Jeez. If uh, um, after lunch sleeping uh, time, um, if you weren't physically sleeping, yeah. the teacher walked with with his socks down the passage, um, and um, you know to, not not to hear so you couldn't hear him. And then he came past your, your door, he saw you lying awake, and he just uh, pointed the finger and says, come stand here. And then you look down the passage, you saw all the guys standing there. Yeah. And when he got to the end of the passage, he says, come with, down to his office, and you got a hiding. You know, so it's, it's I mean, like, we, we had to stand on attention in the mornings next to our beds, um, and they looked for dust into corners, on top of cupboards, under beds. Mm everywhere i mean like the bathrooms uh, the showers the basins had to be bone dry bone dry you know you had to it, it was like a military school yeah on steroids you know Jeez. so yeah it was it was it was very horrific I, I didn't enjoy it you know yeah um i did a lot of sport at school and boarding school so that part i enjoyed yeah yeah um, being there every afternoon you're surrounded by 
by many many kids and you say come let's kick a ball let's yeah. play tennis let's do this let's mm. you know so that that was an advantage but yeah. the rest is no Jeez. not good and what would you say so in that time what is the narrative or what was the story you were telling yourself is i need to get out of this place um yes but i knew there was no way out you know especially at a young age i knew there was no i was too young to think of how old were you then nine ten years old so i i i didn't know you know that there were i looked at options and i realized there were none yeah yeah so it's it's i just plodded along day by day you know um yeah cried many tears um um, um, lived in constant fear, mm. you know, like you, 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 you walk around with anxiety the whole time, um, sort of scared when you're going to get next hiding. When we talk about hidings, we're talking about with a plank, uh, there was a handle in the end of the plank and um, it was, I mean, like your, your backside was all colors of the rainbow, you know, like, so obviously it starts initially with like very red, the next few days it goes... Uh, blue and, and yellowish and then the next hiding comes on top of that and parts were black and so it was yeah, yeah. No, it was no, it wasn't nice you know and if there's anything that you could you, you could take away from that experience if there's anything anything at all what would you take away from that yeah I must say unfortunately I can't take away anything positive out of that mm. you know I can't I can't think of anything positive that it's um, that it's sort of groomed me in a positive way, mm. you know, like it's, 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 even as I speak about it now, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it makes me feel very hurtful and, 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 and sad and, 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 you know, so, so, so there's nothing positive out of it. Um, I just, yeah, I don't wish it on anybody else. You know, mm. my, my youngest son is in boarding school as we speak in, in, in Natal. And but it's it's a nice boarding school, you know. There's there's none of that stuff, you know. Yeah. It's, it's quite a relaxed. There's discipline, which is very important. I love discipline. I'm, you know, I'm 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 even for hidings. Yeah. You know, so 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 I'm not against hidings. I'm like, I've 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 hit my kids many times, and I still believe in it. Um, but um, the way we got hidings, um, and and I would say for no reason, you know, if I was really naughty, if I did something really wrong, by all means, yes the hiding you know? yeah yeah um but to answer your question what what do i take out of that um yeah i don't want anybody else to go through it you know like it's, i would yeah and i would definitely prevent my kids of going having to go through something similar you know so like i was saying so i think oh you come across as very passionate and very mm. caring um, and i think for me i don't know if that was experience that's for me, that's something that um, I've noticed that you're quite passionate. Would you say mm. that's the reason, or one of the reasons why? Because you don't, you don't want to wish that on someone else. Yeah, but I just feel um, I went through a lot of trauma, you know, mm. and and I don't wish that anxiety and trauma on anybody else, you know. So it's it's not necessarily the passion I have. I just don't wish that hurt on anybody else, mm. you know. Um, sorry, I'm actually interrupting myself, but um, if you think what what positive could I get out of it? I've just I've just had a thought. Uh, it made me very independent, mm. very independent, you know, um, from a very young age. You know, I um, I um, I had bad tonsillitis, and I walked from the boarding school to the doctor. Um, there was, you know, I had to walk there, and I was sick. I'm mean, like, I walked a few hundred meters. I sat on the pavement rested then got up and walked again you know at at, at age 11 12 13 you know how to do those things you know so yeah i walked very far and yeah um Hmm. even if i was sick you know you you go to the doctor by yourself you know there's nobody teacher never took you in the car to the doctor yeah you know so yeah and would you say today's generation we're a lot more soft oh totally yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's a big difference vast vast difference and i speak about my own children you know they grew up very sheltered, you know, I'm like, and it's, I think it's, it's society. Um, but also, um, I, I did quite well financially. And, and, and so my son, or, or, or all three of my kids, you know, grew up in a, in a, in, in a beautiful home, you know, overlooking the golf course, you know, like um, sitting in a jacuzzi, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. The, the good life, you know. Yeah. 
So and, and would you change anything doing that? Um, do you think, is it a good thing to provide um, for your kids the thing that you haven't received when you're younger? Or do you think, um, what's the balance in, in doing that? Yeah, I, I, I personally believe I, my, my success um, and, and, and what I gave to my children is, is a disadvantage to them. So, so yeah, I, I, mm. I see, I've, I've seen children come through, let's call it the good life, private schooling, cars, you know, like, like, like really the good life. And they've still made their lives a, a success. But, um, but in general, it's, I've seen more uh, people that have gone through hardship and, and tougher lives, you know, yeah. that, 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 um, that have molded them better. Mm. So, so if, if, if I could rewind my life, um, I don't know if I would have done it different. And, and I'll tell you why I wouldn't have done it different. The reason why I gave my children what I did is not because of my shortcomings I had when I was a youngster, but it, I actually did it out of convenience for myself. So, so it, it, was, it, was, it was convenient for me to buy my children each a car when they turned 18, mm. you know, so I didn't have to transport them. Yeah. <laughs> so it made, made a huge difference, you know, especially when the first, the oldest one, when he got his car, he's, he's four years older than the next child. And suddenly he was driving my, the other kids around to school and back and up yeah. and down. And they took huge pressure away from me. So, yeah. so I try to do anything in life. Um, I actually try and I still do it today. I, I, I buy myself out of pressure, out of, out of, out of stress, you know, yeah. I use money. To, 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 to get rid of stress and pressure, you yeah. know, wherever I can, you know. Um, like, like my wife always says, I'm willing to throw money at anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and it's wrong, I know, but I, 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 I'm, I'm more than willing to do it because I don't want more pressure, I don't want more stress, you know. But yeah. I think that's quite important, and I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your view on money? Because um, what it sounds like is the way you use money as a sense of freedom, you know, you use it to gain freedom. Um, or convenience that's very much so how else how else would you how how do you look at money yeah i feel um if you if you if you make money if you're successful if you're blessed because it's it's not by my own hands that that i'm that i'm blessed like that you know i'm like god i feel blessed me you know and to some people like um you know they 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 will say to you but you had to work hard yeah but mm. i still feel like if i look at my my life I know many, many people that work very hard. I know many people in Africa um, that work extremely hard and they are as poor as, poor as church mice, you know? Mm. So, um, so my hard work together with a path that was opened up for me that, or that has opened up for me made my life easier and, 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 and um, contributed to my success. Um, sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> about well, how do you view money? Uh, how do I view money? So yes, um, yeah, I, 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 I use money to, um, to, to, to buy convenience, very much so. You know, you, you buy the nice car, you buy the, live in the nice house, you, you buy the nice goods. But I find it very important um, not to keep all the money for yourself. You know, so you need, to, you need to share. You need to give to others. You know, you need to help the poor. You need to help wherever you can, you know, yeah. and, and, but in the same breath, I've learned that over the years, don't make people dependent on you. So be careful of giving, there needs to be a plan if you give somebody, you know, so, so there's various ways of giving. And one of them is um, helping people through maybe schooling or education or something, but there needs to be a proper plan in place, you know, it's not just random giving. But if you give people um, that are in a, in a tight situation, you need to sit down with them and, and look at a plan. How do you get out of the situation? Because yeah. you cannot keep on giving them. Otherwise, you're, you're basically working for them. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, but yeah, so that's the one part about money. Uh, if you say, how do I view money? Um, yeah, money, money can be evil, you know, money, not money itself can be evil. I think the, the so call it the lust of money, you know, the, 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 the you know, um, can, can turn you into, arrogant person can turn you into um yeah not a nice person you yeah. know in in a lot of ways and i've seen it with 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 many people that that, that have been successful so yeah it's it's there's two sides to money but yeah. everybody needs money you know like so yeah. you, you cannot wish it away you know yeah um, you, you cannot money. do without it you know yeah
And what would you say, what's the one thing that really kept you humble, kept you sane enough to realize that um, it's not the love of money, it's not the lust of money that's gonna get you to where you wanna be? Um, what, what made you realize that? So firstly, I don't wanna call myself humble. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily humble, you know, like, so, yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I recognize where the money comes from, that it's, that it's not just due to my own hard work. I feel God gave it to me. Um, and I could lose it tomorrow. Mm. And, and, and if, 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 if you say what sort of keeps me humble, like in the same breath while I say I, I don't think I'm a humble person necessarily, but, um, but that does keep me humble. It keeps me my feet on the ground and realize you could lose it overnight. It's, 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 it's very much a temporary thing. Yeah. And doesn't matter how clever you are, doesn't matter how hard you work, you're not in control. You know? mm. And I've seen it with many people, you know, very successful businesses. And just something, laws change, buying trends change, anything changes, and next yeah. minute um, it's all gone. Yeah. So yeah, so you, so you need to be very careful on that. Fantastic, I think that's excellent. So let's go into the insurance business itself. How exactly did you get into that? Um, so yeah, just to rewind a little bit further than that, um, I um, was in school in Namibia, um, when I was about 16 years old, I realized I cannot stay in boarding school yeah. any longer. So I had a sister that lived in Johannesburg um, and I once spoke to her and she said, why don't I come live with her? You know, I thought, wow, that's like you moving, moving to New York, you know, mm. <laughs> or, or Tokyo or something yeah. like this. It was like, I could hardly speak English. It was like a massive move, but I was willing to do it to get out of boarding school. You spoke uh, German? Or? German, Afrikaans, and then I had English as a subject at school. Yeah. So broken English, you know, like, okay. like very yeah. basic English, you know. And anyway, uh, cut a long story short, um, my sister applied for me at, at a school here in Johannesburg, and I was accepted, and I actually went home those December holidays, told my parents I'm moving to Johannesburg. They were very old, I'm the youngest of six children, and I, they just said fine, you know, like they were quite chilled, you know, like, yeah. um, so I um, got a lift to Johannesburg and I moved, you know. Initially I couldn't stay with my sister and I knew that beforehand, she had a one bedroom flat. So I stayed with a teacher in Brixton in a, like a little room behind his garage, uh, leaking roof and things like this, yeah. water running through the roof while it rained. I was as happy as you can be didn't bother me at all. I, 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 I rolled up my mattress when it rained hard, stood in the corner, so my mattress didn't get wet, Yeah. and I was not unhappy at all. I, it, I was happy as it can be. I walked far to school, I walked in the heat home in the afternoon, I was fine, I was by myself, I ate lunch by myself, I ate breakfast in my room by myself, Yeah. I ate dinner by myself. Why were you happy? What was the reason? Just because you were out of the... I had freedom. I was out of the boarding school. I had freedom. You had know? freedom. And yeah, it, it, was, it was... The school was... Um, I was very scared that I'm going to fail because I failed once before in Namibia in, in a German school. Yeah. So I really didn't want to fail again. Um, so I was very, very nervous about that. So I really focused in class. I didn't have friends. I didn't have anybody to talk to. So I... I really focused word for word in class, bought myself an English-German dictionary and wrote the German words above the English words yeah. in the economics, business economics books, you know, with a sharp pencil Yeah, yeah. and, and sort of learned English like that. I'm like, I, I learned a few thousand new English words in the first few months. Yeah. And I did, surprisingly, because like I said, I'm not very intellectual, um, I did very well. I was like second, third best in the class out of 40 kids. Yeah. But it's just because I focused, you know, and I, I didn't have any distractions. Um, then my sister built a house out in Walter Frieden Park, out on the West Strand in Johannesburg, um, moved in with her. And um, I realized I had to generate money. My dad gave me pocket money. At that stage, my dad was retired. He was in his 70s already. Um, we grew up quite poor. And my parents didn't have a lot of money, and I got very limited pocket money. But I needed... I needed wheels, I needed freedom, I needed to buy clothes. So I realized... How old were you this time? 
16. 16. So I realized I have to make a plan, you know. So yeah. I phoned wherever. I phoned Dion's, I phoned the Hyperama, I phoned the drive-in, Hillfox drive-in across the road. I still know some of those numbers off by heart because I phoned them so often. Really? Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know? And I'm like, we're talking more than 30 years ago. Yeah. And eventually I got a job at the Hillfox drive-in, um, at a cashier at the entrance. Um, every night, five till 10, so five hours. Um, and Saturday mornings I worked for Dion's, um, you know, as like a salesperson. Mm. Um, and yeah, that sitting in a drive-in at night, every night except Sunday nights for three years, five till 10, it, it got to me at times. I sat there, got depressed at times. Yeah. Um, very depressed, you know, just sitting there and thinking like, you know, other guys are at home watching TV, lying in bed, sleeping already. Here I'm sitting, leaving a drive-in at 10 o'clock at night, walking across the road home, having dinner. Sure. I did my homework while I sat there, you know. But I just felt I had to do it, you know. Yeah. But it, 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 that bought me a lot of freedom. So when I was in Standard 9, what's it, grade 11, uh, I bought myself a Honda CB750 motorbike and a, and a Volkswagen Beetle cash. You know, and all the kids in school thought I was a rich boy, you know. Yeah. Like they all had 50s and, and like nobody had a car. I yeah. didn't have a license for both. <laughs> and they thought like I was the rich boy in the school, you know. Little, little did I realize. My parents didn't even know I had the bike in the car. I didn't even tell my parents, you know. So I drove my car to the testing grounds, wrote my learners, drove it back, <laughs> drove it back, <laughs> did my license, you know. <laughs> rode my bike, wrote my learners, you know. I just, I just made things happen, That's you know. Brilliant. So yeah, I, I worked very hard. Um, then when I left school, um, I, um, the day I left, wrote my last subject in matric, I. Um, all my friends went on back down to Margate at that stage. I thought, no, I, I can't, you know, like financially, um, I had to start working immediately. At, at mm -hmm. that stage, we were all called up to the army. So we all had to do army service for two years uh, or, or, or alternatively go to the police for four years. Um, but the police didn't even cross my mind, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I got a bit involved with some naughty stuff um, in those last two years, yeah. you know, grade 11 and 12 with some guys. Some of them were arrested, um, got criminal records. I got away with it. Um, yeah, if I say naughty stuff, quite serious stuff. You oh, know? is it? Yeah, yeah. Could you share it or? No, no. We, we stole motorbikes. We. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We used drugs. We uh, broke into a school. I don't want to mention the school. Um, yeah, you have to mention. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, the guys were arrested. They were caught because the mother. Um, the next morning, the mother just um, had enough her son had like 11 stolen motorbikes in his yard What? and she woke up the next morning and she saw, saw the whole room was full of sweets so we broke into the tuck shop at the school the night before and I left early that morning because I woke up at about five it's what before cell phones and things there, yeah. was, there was no alarm clock I just woke up saw it starting to get light I, I wouldn't I couldn't go back to sleep I didn't want to go back to sleep I was, I'm scared I'm gonna oversleep so sneaked out, pushed my bike out of the driveway quietly and rode home, yeah. had a shower and went to work at Dion's. Yeah. And when I got home that afternoon, my friends were sitting, waiting outside my house, sitting on the pavement and I could see they were quite, you know, perturbed, you know, and I said, what's wrong? They said, no, the mother actually had enough and she phoned the cops and they came and arrested them. They were locked up, got bail. Um, cut a long story short, they were actually found guilty in court. Yeah. Um, got got uh, corporal punishment in those days still six cuts um, so the criminal record so if the in, and they they luckily didn't give me away you know yeah that was a w wake up call and, and and then I separated myself from those guys you know and I realized I can't hang around with them anymore and what made you get into that in the first place was it money was it freedom? no desperate for friendship you know friendship. Like I didn't know anybody so I was just influenced but the whole time while I was involved with those guys, I realized I felt like a fish out of water, you know, it's mm. not me, you know, it's not my nature. I, none of the stuff that I want to do, you know, it, I didn't enjoy it. I, no, it wasn't me. Yeah. You know? So, so, so when, when it, the whole thing came to a point, it was a huge relief for me, actually a massive relief, you know, because I didn't know how to walk away from them. Mm. You know, I was, I was almost caught in this, almost like a little gang type yeah. of guys, you know, 
we, um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, finished matric um, and I looked for work immediately. Like even before I finished, wrote my last exam, I looked around, what can I do? Yeah. Because normally you get called up in the army immediately in January. I was only called up the following June call up because it was Pelabora. Um, so Pelabora doesn't have a January call up because it's too hot in, in January. Okay. So you, you only go and do your basics in June. You start in June. Okay. So I had six, seven months to kill realizing I can't sit around. So I found a, a company in, 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 in Florida on the Western in Johannesburg. Um, they were alarm company and they're selling house alarms. It was quite a new thing at that stage still. And so I had to go after hours from six, seven at night till eight door to door mm. and selling house alarms. You know, I found it extremely, extremely soul destroying. Sure. Um, I'm like, I sometimes walk, knock, 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 and then you sit on the pavement and you think to yourself, why am I doing this? Why yeah. do I have to do this? Is there nothing easier? I had, there was nothing else around. Yeah. Um, and you just got up and carried on knocking on doors, you know? And then I got the idea to go to the police station and, and um, find out who's been burgled. Mm, mm. And that, that just paid off hugely, you know? So I went to the police station in Florida and a very kind sergeant there initially was hesitant giving me the information and I told him why and what and then he agreed and suddenly my sales went through the roof. And I outsold the whole team. I sold more alarms than the whole rest of the team together. <laughs> but I wasn't willing to give my, my secret away. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I did that for a few months um, and every second week or every week I went back to that sergeant and he gave me the information and and then one day I sat down with him and he asked me, why am I doing this and what my story is? And I gave him a bit of background, you know, financially I had to do it. Mm. And that I only had to go to the army in June, so I had to do this. And then he said to me, why don't I, why don't I join the police? And I thought, wow, I've never thought about it. I was actually a bit scared of the police, <laughs> given my past, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw the police as, as the enemy, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we were like... You know, like, so yeah, I was very hesitant. Um, but then he said to me, yeah, if you join the army, you earn 200 rand a month at the police, you start with 600 rand a month. And, you know, so I thought, okay, that makes sense. Mm. So I applied and I was accepted. And then in March the following year, that was 1986, I joined the police. And loved it, loved it. Did my training in Pretoria at the police college, very, very tough, very tough training. Absolutely yeah. tough as nails. You, promise you it's very tough training you know physical mental um, anyway and um, I wasn't in the right unit uh, with the height of the rights in the 80s um, state of emergency like saw horrific stuff experienced horrific stuff then I asked for a transfer into the flying squad and eventually I had a girlfriend in Florida and I asked for a transfer to Florida police station and I was granted that um, Loved the police, loved Yo. the work, enjoyed the work. Um, don't want to brag, but I thought I was a very good cop. Um, worked hard, long hours, was very committed, very, um, would never sleep on, on night shift, that type of stuff. I was out there, you know, making arrests. Um, yeah. I enjoy helping people, you know, stopping on the side of the road, helping people, black, white, whatever color you see, you know. Yeah, yeah. In early morning hours, Whilst patrolling, I saw the, the, the guys walking down to the mine, yeah. the black workers stopped next to them. I said, jump in, I'll give you a lift. They were very hesitant, you know, like <laughs> there was an 80s yeah. police was a huge <laughs> enemy, you know, and I explained to them, come on, you know, it's, I won't even lock the door. You hold the door. Yeah. I'll give you a lift. I've got nothing else to do, you know, like I'm just, just patrolling. So Jeez. gave them lifts and things just to build relations, you know, with the, with the public in general, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, and while I was in the police, I had a friend whose father was in insurance. That answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go a bit of a please, long please, road please. to get there. Um, and I thought, because I looked, while I was like halfway through, through my time in the police, I realized um, the one side said to me, I want to stay here forever. I love it. The other side, the money is, 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 is so little. I looked at my, my colleagues around me and just, I don't want to brag, but just the way they worked, you know, very slack, okay. sleeping on night shift, 
you know, very slack, not, yeah. not taking care of, of not having pride, not working hard, not being committed. But yet, when it came increase time, you read your increase in, in the newspaper, you know, it's, it's announced in the newspaper, yeah. that a government increase right through from every department in the government gets a four, five or six percent increase, you know, that's your increase. Yeah. So, and you look around you and you say like, those guys get exactly the same increase as I, they earn the same as me. Mm. But it was my nature to, to stay committed, you know, I, I just, I, out of nature, I couldn't sort of go down to their level, you know. Yeah. So anyway, and I realized I need to get out of the police. And so I had this friend in insurance and I started working for them weekends. I took leave, all my leave. I was five years in the police. I, I never went away on holiday once. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. But um, I took all my leave and I did courses, insurance courses with it. I did, um, I worked for them for free. Um, many of my friends said like, you're stupid, you're making them rich. And I said, this is my university i'm like there was no money to go to university or college or something this is my college this is my university um it's benefiting so you, me i don't care if it benefits them it yeah. doesn't worry me you know but so I'm, you actually thought to yourself i'm going to work for you guys for free yeah you don't pay me at all yeah. i just want to learn yeah and you yeah. obviously understood the importance of education and looking yeah. more long term than yeah. short term yeah i needed to i needed to start a career outside the police and um yeah well i um after five years in the police, I felt I was ready to leave. Yeah. I had enough knowledge and in insurance, and I started approaching some insurance companies, um, got a job. Um, I was turned down by two insurance companies. Mm -hmm. um, I did a, um, what do you call these tests? Um, um, like not an IQ test, a symmetrical test or something like that, you know? Oh, like a, like a personality test? Yeah, something like that, yeah. you know? So two of the insurance companies, um, I did a test, and when the results came back, because I'm not a very intellectual, financial person, you know, like I, I could never, I didn't have maths in school, mm -hmm. like a matric or anything like that. They turned me down, they wrote me actually a long letter saying to me, I, bottom line, they said to me, I should do anything but insurance. Really? Yeah. I said like, you're not an insurance person at all. But they came from the angle of, of almost like doing calculations, being like, like, like from an intellectual point of view, yeah. like more IQ point of view. And then another insurance company, Sunlam, I approached them. They just did a face-to-face -face interview, no um, test, IQ test or anything like that. And they saw the EQ side. Mm. They loved me. Immediately, I'm like, while I sat in the interview, the lady uh, said to me, can, 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 can she just be excused? She walked in the room next door and I overheard a conversation phoning like, like a regional manager upstairs in, 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 in the building and saying like, I've got the perfect candidate here for you. you yeah. know, like, so, so I don't want to brag now, but it's, yeah, she, saw the, she saw the EQ side of me, not the IQ side, you know? And so would you say EQ and IQ, which is, which would you place more value on? <laughs> they both, uh, they both. Depends what work you do. But you, exactly. you actually, you, you obviously need both, but it also depends what work you do. You know, if you become a scientist, yeah. IQ is a lot more important than EQ, you know? I get you. Even, yeah. even a doctor, um, your IQ is more important than your EQ. So you, you, you often hear where people talk about a very good doctor, but he doesn't have bedside manners. That's, that's the lack in the EQ, but the very high IQ. Yeah. But you could never be a good doctor having high EQ and low IQ, yeah. you know, that wouldn't work because yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to manage the studies, you know. Yeah. So, um, but um, see, insurance is, is, is not just, the computers do your calculations, you know. You feed in the information and the computer does your calculations. Yeah. So you need, don't need to be actually, to, to actually work out all the calculations or be a scientist. True. Um, what the other insurance companies didn't recognize or realize is the, relational importance of insurance. You know, you, you, you build a relationship with your client, with, with another person. Yeah. And I've realized that over the years, it's far more important than, than the IQ. How did you get to that realization that people are more important? Um, Only much later in the industry, much, much later. Really? When I grew up, um, when I grew up um, my younger years, 
like I said earlier, I failed one year in, in, in a German school in Namibia. Yeah. Um, I was very involved with sport. I was I was a very very keen sportsman. Played a lot of soccer, tennis, all the um, athletics. Um, I did everything in athletics except high jump. Um, and I remember my dad. School holidays. I came home and we we sat with a group of friends. You know, my parents' friends, chatting in the evenings, whatever. And then one of the elderly ladies would ask me, so Volker, what, what do you want to become one day? And before I could even answer the question, my dad used to say, oh, he's so concerned about me. Mm. Um, because I've got two left hands, meaning I'm not a mechanical person. I can't work with my hands. Yeah. You know, I'm not good with hands working, doing anything mechanically or anything like that. And he realized I didn't have a very high IQ. Yeah. You know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing well at school, and my dad, even just before I could even answer, said to them, "Oh, like almost made me out to be the black sheep of the family." Yeah. It's like uh, he's he's very concerned about me. Yeah. Um, where would I find work? What would I do one day? And um, yeah, so it it got to me at times, but I just looked past that, you know. And only m many years later did I realize. My two qualities are actually EQ and very hard work. Mm. Um, um, so I'm a, I don't want to brag now, but I always say I've, I've actually regret that I've worked so hard in my life. Um, I just got involved in a pattern and, you know, but, but yeah, yeah, I think I would be able to get a gold medal in Olympics for hard work, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's before we carry on let's mm. speak about that why do you say why do you regret working too hard because a lot of people feel that's what they need to do and you say no um, you regret working hard why um the hard work got me involved in a in a in a almost in a in a in a machine in a pattern and i built a big client base in insurance um and um and and business is going very well you know so it's it's really nice it's annuity income meaning you get automatically get get an income every month out of your client base um i do short-term insurance you know you yep. should assets and things like this um so as the people pay their premium on the first by the third my commission is in my account you know so there's no money's outstanding you don't wait for money yeah um but i yeah as as you as you become more successful, you acquire more stuff, you you just get involved in this big machine mm. and you almost cannot step out of it anymore, you know? Okay. You you it's 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 um it's just one big machine, you know. Do you almost feel like you're almost in a trap? In a trap, spot on, you know. We actually once had many years ago you're gonna laugh on this one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but we had um we had an industrial psychologist, he was a friend of ours, um, um he came to our company. And he um, um, he analyzed different positions and mm. who's in the right job and the right post and who should do something different and, and it was very interesting all the advice he gave us, but he he analyzed the company for like two days and then he sat us all down in the boardroom one day, and his opening line was, he stood watched us for a few seconds very quietly we just stared at him, and he said to us, how do you stop making love to a gorilla? Like obviously, we all burst out in laughter, and then once it got quiet again, he said, "He'll decide. You don't decide." <laughs> and what he was trying to say is, we we involved, in, and he saw it. He saw exactly the trap we're in. It's 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 the gorilla, you know. Jeez, it's it's this yeah. big machine, you know. It's it's um, out of nature. Also, I cannot let my clients down. I mean, like if 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 I get a message or email message whatsapp phone call from any client i see a missed call I, I it's 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 just my personality to reply immediately you know get back sort things out phone back you know just get things done immediately yeah yeah and luckily my business partner has got exactly the same personality i'm like we've been business partner we worked together at the previous brokerage okay broke away 23 years ago and started our own brokerage um, first of March last week it was uh, 23 years and um, we very similar personalities so and we surrounded our, ourselves 
with the staff that are also personalities like us. Okay. It happened once or twice where we employed people that weren't quite like us, yeah. very committed, very, and they didn't last long in our company. But we, most of the people that we employed were actually headhunted from insurance companies. We identified them, we worked with them for years, we realized they're exactly the same type of personality as we are, and we sort of approached them, we made them offer, they couldn't refuse, Yeah. and they came over to us. And, and so 95% of our staff has been with us, has never left us, you know, I'm like, yeah. we've got, our office manager has been with us f 23 years from the start, other people 15 years, 18 years, um, so yeah, our staff has stayed with us for very long, um, and and I think that's part of our success, you know. Yeah. Because we're all very similar, you know. Great, and I think that's fantastic. I really, I, I really do, and I feel mm. that. Mm. Um, a very big thing that I've always known about you is your your desire to help people, to take care of mm. people, and um, I really do think that's such an important leadership quality. Mm. Um, how would you define a leader and what is, what makes a good leader, would you say? Yeah, firstly, I, a leader needs to lead by example. So it's, 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 you know, a leader needs to lead from the front, needs to lead by example, and you need to earn your respect. You know, you, mm. you, you can't, you can't force it onto people, you know, you need to earn it. So you need to, um, you need to first do before you tell people what to do. You, you need to show them that, that, that you're willing to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? And doesn't matter in what field you are, you, you need to lead by example and you need to lead from the front. Yeah. And to carry on about leadership, like, it's, it's leadership, you, you, you doesn't need to be, you don't need to be a very forceful leader necessarily. Um, and like sometimes, yes, you have to, enforce certain discipline and, 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 and rules and regulations, but you can also be a kind leader. You mm. know, you don't always have to do it with screaming and shouting and swearing. You yeah, know, like yeah. It's, 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 I think I've raised my voice in my office in the last 23 years, maybe two or three times type of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no shouting and screaming in our office. You know, we, it's, it's, it's sort of one of the rules of my office is, is, is harmony. Um, you know, I want I want people to have a nice environment to work in, a pleasant environment. Like I say, there's no screaming, there's no swearing, there's no shouting. Um, look out for each other. If if somebody makes a mistake, you know, sort sort it out yeah. in a nice way. You know, um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's so evident with you. It it starts with you as the head of the company, and it sort of ripples down um, throughout the the mm. business and um, the employees. And so as you go, so will everyone else go. And I think mm. that's so, so important. As mm -hmm. a leader, you need to become um, whatever it is that you want the business to, mm. to have. And then eventually the everyone else will become mm. that itself over there. Mm. I think that's fantastic. And speaking about, um, I know, speaking about leadership, did you have any role models that you looked up to, that you followed, whether it been leader or anything? How did you... Yeah, what vision did you have of yourself? Not really, you know, like I really? didn't, it's, it's just, um, I, I don't regard myself necessarily as a, as a good leader. Mm. Um, I also don't mind being led. So I, I don't mind being submit, to submit myself under. Okay. So basically my, my leadership comes out of a, an angle where I walk into any situation, doesn't matter where I am, and if I see if I walk onto a soccer pitch or wherever, and I see somebody is, is leading, somebody's getting up and organizing the team, yeah. I stand back and I immediately fall in behind, underneath and, and, and submit and, and, and follow, follow whoever is leading. Yeah, yeah. But um, as soon as I see there's no leadership, like I've just been on a church camp this last weekend and um, we, were hanging around, there were some new guys in the church, I could see they were a bit lost, they were hanging around, mm -hmm. and um, it's a big group of, of in, 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 um, on, on that camp, it's like just a men's camp, you know, yeah. they went surfing, and they left sort of the rest of the guys 
just hanging around in the camp and I saw there was no real leadership or control Structure and then I just took the took the uh, bull by the horns I took out a soccer ball I said come guys and some guys were hesitant yeah I'm not good at soccer this I said no come it's not yeah. a, it's not a choice come, yeah. come, come, come. <laughs> let's go we're going to the beach I yeah. made soccer goals oh, I said come nice. we're having fun we're playing soccer and then afterwards an hour or two later I saw there was a beach volleyball pitch I said come guys um, join in, let's play yeah. beach, beach volleyball. And again, some guys, nah. I said, come, come, come. It's not a choice. We're playing. Yeah. And we had so much fun, you know, like those guys, I think, hadn't I done that, um, those guys would have left that camp quite hurt and bitter. That they, they weren't cared for and looked after. Mm. And um, so they, they all took leadership. But then in the evenings, there was a formal program and I did not even try to lead. I mean, yeah. like, as a matter of fact, the opposite. I very quietly yeah, yeah. submit myself underneath, sit there, and don't say a word. You know. Yeah. So, so I've got the two angles to myself. You know. Yeah. But, but like I say, to repeat, I only lead out of necessity if I see there's a volume, if there's a gap. You know. Mm. Otherwise, I don't. I think that's brilliant. I really do because it's the contrast of knowing when to lead and when not to lead and just allow things to happen yeah, as yeah. it is and i think most people feel they need to lead 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 every time and yeah. not giving them the because i think giving them the freedom to also ex explore and mm. you know allow themselves to be free is a form of leadership in and of yeah. itself but you don't have to lead by physically telling them what to do all the yeah, time yeah, i think yeah. that's brilliant mm. like sorry just um please my wife die um she we, we we plan holidays and things like this you know and she loves to, well, I don't know if she loves to, but, I, I, but she does it, you know. She does all the planning, you know. She does the bookings, the planning, and every now and then she bounces a few things off me. And I'm quite easy, you know. I say, yeah. no, anything goes, it's fine, this or that, you know. And a few days before we leave, whether it's overseas or wherever, people will ask me, you know, like, where are we going, where are we staying? And I say to them, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know, you know. It's, it's all been taken care of, you know. I trust, if, if, if I trust people, um, so I can be a control freak, especially in the office a bit, mm -hmm. but you know, to make sure the job gets done right. But as soon as I trust somebody and I see they do it, then I let go and yeah. say, yeah. So anyway, that's just part of the leadership. Like I, I, it, it can actually become almost dangerous where I sit back completely. Oh yeah? And like, <laughs> I don't even know where we're going type <laughs> of stuff, you know? Fantastic. And let's actually speak about Dai for a bit. Um, so I've known Dao also for quite a few mm. years now, and she's very, very strong, also mm. very active, mm. loves life. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about someone that's trying to find their lifetime partner or mm. someone that really wants to get into a relationship. What advice would you give to that person looking for love? Firstly, um, yeah, a lot of, lot of, you know, I met down at blind date so it's just by chance you know yeah. like it's it's well chance you can call it chance you can call it luck you can call it yeah. God's blessings over my life um, but anyway I, I think it's if you do meet a partner um, people often say op opposites attract I find that the biggest lie yeah it's it's be careful of that I totally it's, agree it's, you know it's it's so yeah, Di and I, I, I realized very early uh, in our relationship that we have a lot in common. You know, we like the same movies, we like the same, no, not music. <laughs> I like a bit older music, you know, yeah. she, she calls me a bit of a <laughs> grandfather when I like my music in the 70s, a little yeah. bit older. But there's some music we, we like, you know, 80s yeah. and 90s overlaps. But we, we enjoy the same holidays, we enjoy the same sports activities. So we, we do a lot together, really a lot, you know, uh, all the time, you know, so it's, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So similarity, so yeah. if you can get something in common, yeah, you need something you, in common. I definitely think you must have quite a bit in common, you know. Yeah. Also, you need to, your, your principles in life and things like this, you must, you must have, you know, similar. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you, you're going to go in different directions, you know. Yeah, yeah. So rather call it early in your relationship. Rather call it than try and force it if you realize it's, if you're really different people, you know. Yeah. And would you say um, a great amount of happiness and joy has come from 
your relationship with Dai? Or? Very much so, yeah, yeah, very much so. So it's, 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 yeah, I feel very blessed. And, and like I say, we, we do a lot together, you know. So if we, whether we go to the sea, we'll do boating together and, and water activities and things like this. Yeah. Um, and, and diving and snorkeling and, you know, that type of stuff. And um, whether we go to the mountains and we like um, horse riding and, mm. you know, being active and hiking, you know, we very similar, you know. So, so yeah, so we've, we've got a nice, um, we've got a lot of photo albums to, to, to show what, what we've done. And, yeah, so yeah. We've, we've had a lot of good times together, yeah. We like the same food, the same wine, the same... Restaurants, the yeah. same um, um, movies, you know, so yeah. Yeah, excellent. And, you know, a lot of people say happiness is the ultimate goal or joy is the ultimate goal. What did you say? What is the ultimate goal for you? And have you reached that goal? Yeah, but see, happiness is, is, is you know, like pursuit of happiness, one needs to be careful of. You know, you, you, you need to look within obviously mm. you know for, for happiness but you also need to be satisfied with sometimes with what you have you know um i see that a lot and even myself at times but but with, with a lot of other people i can see they always want the next thing the next thing the next thing you know and sometimes you need to just relax you know like 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 i've said to you be careful of test driving cars you know <laughs> yeah. like um um you know, like, be careful of just walking into a showroom and test driving that expensive car. Once you've got a taste of it, now you, you, you constantly got that need to have it. Yeah. And you're going to try and force it with residual and, and payment plans that you can't afford and things like this, you know. Yeah. So, just look at what, 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 what you got and work with it, you know. Mm. Yeah. And would you say, are you your happiest you've ever been right now? Or do you feel as if um, in the years to come um, you'll get to that point? I'm I'm quite happy. Um, for many years I've been I've been happy and, and satisfied with what I've got and and like I said I feel very blessed with what I've got. Yeah. Um, but there's also a side of me that um, like I, like I, like I just touched on earlier about about my work. I love my work. I really love my work and I enjoy it. But I went through a bad patch, um, I'm 53 now, so when I turned around about 50, where I bit hit, hit, hit a bit of a wall, mm -mm. And, and I didn't know what it was, you know, it was, I sort of got depressed, and, and, and I'd suddenly, I had no energy, and I used to have, my wife calls me the energizer bunny, you yeah. know, like I used to jump up in the morning, want to go to gym, do stuff, you know, and suddenly I had no energy, I got out of bed, stood there for a while, and fell back onto my bed, I, I couldn't do anything. So I eventually went from like two different doctors and I sort of diagnosed with, with, with burnout, you know, and, and I've just felt, or well, not felt, I've, I've just put in too much. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually burnt out, you know. So my hormone levels were low, testosterone was low. So I went into medication to, 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 to enhance those things, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm back there, you know. Yeah. But I've realized one thing after that episode, um, my tolerance for stress is not quite where it used to be. Okay. I used to, I used to be able to tolerate stress, you know, um, I used to thrive under stress. You yeah, know? yeah. And I still do to, to, some, ex to, to some degree, but I, yeah, I, when I see it's, it's a stressful situation comes, I try and get out of it as quick as possible now, you know, yeah. avoid it, yeah. Yeah, great. So, you usually have two questions at the end of the interview. Um, the first one would be, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, the whole path that I followed in my life, uh, if I look back, if you, if you had to ask me would I do my life over again, yes. Mm. I would do everything over again, you know, like it's, 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 I enjoyed my life, I, so far, um, and, um, but, yeah, like I said, I don't know how, but I wouldn't have worked as hard, you mm. know, 
and and make no mistake i've taken a lot of nice holidays and things like this but um i just wouldn't have worked as hard but yet in in the same breath sort of advice i can give other people um you know you can be highly intellectual studied um you can have the good looks you can have everything in life um but there is no substitute for hard work mm. so again you know like it's it's don't ever think your good looks or your intellectual gift will, will, will get you somewhere in life. There is no substitute for hard work. So, yeah, so yeah. you need to work hard. You need to work hard. You need, you need to be committed. You can't sit around. You must make things happen immediately. Don't wait till tomorrow to do something. Mm. If you can do it today, do it today. Tomorrow is another day. You, tomorrow you need to do the next thing. Yeah, yeah. So you, you always need to be one step ahead instead of being one step behind. Mm. You know, you don't know what comes tomorrow. Tomorrow if 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 you seeing if I'm seeing a client tomorrow, I prepare the files today. I print the policy schedules and things today. Tomorrow there might be power failure. True. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Just 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 be prepared today. Tomorrow you do the next day stuff. So you always need to be one day ahead. Yeah. Two days ahead, or whatever you want to be, be. You know. Yeah. But yeah, you need to be you need to be hardworking. You know, in in you need to work hard at your relationship. Um, you need to work hard in your friendship. You need to contact your friends, um, you know, and even if they don't contact you regularly, you need to phone them. Yeah. You need to make contact with them. You need to um, be, um, you know, um, um, like I say, with your children, with friends, with family. Yeah. You need to make that, take that initiative and, and organize stuff, get togethers and things like this. Definitely, you know? yeah. yeah. Great, and then for the last question, you're ready. What legacy would you like to leave behind? Um, there's a few things. Um, one of them is a legacy of hard work. Um, be, be honest in life. Um, you know, watch, watch out for falling into the trap of, of, of dishonesty, being deceitful, uh, crime, you know, all of that stuff, you know, stay away from all of that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, stay away from drugs and watch out for alcohol, that type of stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I do drink, I drink my beers, my wine and things. But th that trap of getting sucked into something, mm. um, watch out for that, you know, watch out for, for bad friends. Um, but yeah, legacy of, of hard work. And if I say hard work, it's not just hard work at, at, at work. Like I said just now, it's hard work, working hard at your relationship, you yeah. know, making, um, many times um, my wife says, let's go to movies, and I don't feel like going to movies, but I, I make an effort. Yeah. I go to movies, you know. Mm. Um, you know, often I feel tired and I just make it happen. And if you pull yourself together, you have a shower, dress up man up and get out there and you're actually having a good time you, you yeah. overcome that you know yeah sort of just say so, so yeah work hard at, at, at everything your relationships your 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 friendships um and then another legacy is, is, is caring you know care for other people you know it's 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 not just for your family and and friends but but just poor people out there you mm. know care for people in need um give Give that guy at the, at, the, at the robot, give him some. You can't give everybody at every traffic light, you know, yeah, it doesn't work, yeah. you know. But but give something, you know, just give give some give something away, you know. Yeah. Don't just don't just hold on to everything yourself. And by, by, by giving, I don't just mean money. You can give time, you can give effort, you can give energy. You know, chat to that guy at the traffic light, you know. Look him in the eyes and say to him, how's it, buddy? How are you doing? You yeah, know? yeah. Sorry, I, I can't give everybody, but... But I'm thinking of you, you know? Yeah. You know, like if you're seeing the lady walking on the side of the road carrying stuff, at times, yeah, stop. Give her a lift and say, where are you going? What can I do for you? You know, yeah. that type of stuff, you know? That's big. Yeah. That's big. I think everybody should do that, you know? And I think we, we don't do that enough, mm. especially in South Africa, because yeah. we're, we're very apprehensive and very scared. Sure. I think we need to, you know, um, give it a benefit of the doubt and trust ourselves and quite right and and to give I'm, I'm very aware of picking up hitch, any hitchhiker or something like that you know 
So I'm, I'm quite discerning when it comes to like, who do you just pick up and yeah. things like this, make no mistake. Um, but yeah, just, but, but just try somewhere, just yeah. give something back, you know. Perfect. Yeah. Contribution. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, contribute. Contribute to the environment. Don't be a taker in life, you know. Mm. Give. You know, give to the environment, give to society, um, give, give to nature. You yeah. know, just do your part. Recycling, anything. Just yeah. do your part. Everything. A little bit, every little bit helps, you know. I imagine everybody gives their part in everything around you. Yeah, yeah. You know, be a good neighbor, be kind, be nice. Just give, 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 you know, yeah. Perfect. Falkir, thank you so, so much for doing this You're interview. I th thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm sure our viewers have enjoyed it as well.